We are here. We are live. I'm Dave Hodges. This is the Common Sense Show. We are the show that's freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. And, you know, before we jump in things as people kind of join us as we're going here, because notifications don't seem to be going out. I had a lot of complaints on my last video about that. It's nothing I can control. I'm sorry. Um, With the numbers we've been putting up, you would think that YouTube would be happy to send out notifications, but that doesn't seem to be the case. But anyway, you're curious about how the Common Sense Show came to be. I can't take credit for it. Um, I had a friend, and uh, actually his niece was uh, in my freshman social class, and uh, we got to know each other. Great guy. Uh, I'm not going to mention his name because I don't have permission, but we were going to do a show together. I got offered a show in Wickenburg, Arizona, late Pete Peterson. And uh, I said, you know, I don't want to do this by myself. I'm not a radio guy by any means. And he, uh, he I said, would you do it? He went, yeah, 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 yeah. We'd be great. And we started kicking around names. And I said, we need something freedom-based, you know, kind of like Thomas Paine. He goes, that's it. Common sense. And I said, yeah, the common sense show. Unfortunately, he had some life circumstances come up. And uh, he uh, <laughs> he couldn't do it. And, um, it, and really, I really missed out, I think, on a, developing a real great relationship, working relationship with him. And, and one day out of the blue, he calls me and he says, uh, man, he says, I can't believe what's happened to your show. And I said, yeah, but, you know, you helped me build the idea. It's too bad he couldn't do it. But anyway, that's how we came to be. And I came behind the microphone because John McCain and his mafia tried to steal the property of 300 members of our rural community. Uh, they were trying to force us off our land over time. And I was on so many talk shows about this that I got offered a show. So that's how we came to be here. Hey, I want to really emphasize something to you. You need to get into parallel economy. Number one, as little as possible, shop the box stores. And I don't have anything against them, but support your community. Don't support the BlackRock controlled corporations. Don't do that. Um, support local, and you're going to need to have gold and silver. I just got some silver today, again, because silver is really the currency of the climate change people, and I'm going to make money on it while they're doing it. And I would advise you to do the same thing. But I represent Noble Gold, and if you've got retirement connected to the bank, get it out before they take it. They are going to take it. The Dodd-Frank law allows them to do it, so get it out. And Noble Gold can help you with that, and they'll back it with gold. You'll loan it. They can help you with their bank account. Let me send you a free information packet at DaveHodgesGold.com. That's where you go, DaveHodgesGold.com. And, excuse me, um, you don't have a lot of time. Government wants me to tell you nothing's guaranteed and past performance doesn't matter about the future. We know that. Um, They should be warning us about the banks and how they can take from you. Everyone thinks your money is still your money when you put it in the bank. It is not. And that's a rude awakening for a lot of people. So make sure you're taking care of business. By the way, I love my five-ounce silver coin, America the Beautiful. It's a bullion coin. Um, You get this when you do a retirement conversion. I've got a couple of them. I was lucky enough. I got two retirements. Um, I was lucky, maybe. Is it lucky being old enough to be retired and your knees creak when you get out of bed in the morning? Anyway, let's get down to business here. The one thing that I want everyone to understand is um, people get confused because I 
talk about the new world order and global government and stuff. And people say, yeah, but Dave, you're talking about the economic stuff. You have to understand that the economics comes before the world government. When we take over foreign nations and want to control them, we don't usually go in and kill their leaders and have them assassinated. That was 1960s CIA stuff, Latin America. The new way that you do it is take over their economy. And their economy will dictate who stays in power. Your economy sucks. You're out. You bring in the guy you like, and then you make the economy go good, and then you got a dictator in charge that'll help you. That's the American way. That's why we got called the ugly American, because we started developing that idea after the assassination of John Kennedy. So economics comes before politics. Economics drives politics. And right now we have to understand that they're labeling what they're doing as the Great Reset. And they're telling you the truth. There's, to me, I remember when they used to say, oh, if you talk about the Council on Foreign Relations, you're a conspiracy theorist. Trilateral Commission, what are you smoking? I remember when that appeared on Barney Miller. It came up in an episode of Barney Miller in the late 70s. And then all the publications came out, says Barney Miller dealing in conspiracy fiction. And it was so funny because it was real. I had read Pat Wood's book. It was real. Now they don't deny it. They have a publication called the Trialogue for the Trilaterals. They have the Journal of Foreign Affairs for the Council on Foreign Relations. Hillary Clinton's held press conferences with the Council on Foreign Relations moniker in the background. Uh, they don't hide it anymore. And they're talking the Great Reset. And here's what that means. Build back better, right? We heard that phrase. Build back better. Well, it's better for them, but not for us. So that means they have to collapse what is. That's the reset. Collapse it. It's kind of like what you do in California, right? Where the land's worth more than the buildings. You know, you're near the beach. So they raise the building, they tear it down, and then they build something new on it. They're building back better. Well, that's what they're doing with us. They're tearing down every institution we hold dear. And it ain't just economic. It's education. It's the sanctity and innocence of our children. It's our sense of societal morality. It's safety for our children. It's safety for us. Defund the police. No one's coming. You're on your own. 80-year-old lady, you better learn how to shoot. This is what we got. It's a total upheaval of our society. But let's focus on the real estate. I want to review a few things, and then I'm going to go into something new. Because when this, when I found this out yesterday, and they're going to collapse the stock market, and I'll walk you through how I know, I said, that's it. That's the last domino. Because right now, they're crushing real estate. The Federal Reserve is on a singular mission to destroy real estate in this country. Let's go to adjustable rate mortgages. What is that? About 11 million, I believe, 10 million. Um, who's going to be able to pay 10% by next year? Right now it's 8.6. Who's going to be able to pay 10? When two thirds of your families are living paycheck to paycheck and they don't have $400 in the bank, that's our statistic. And I know, listen, I know I'm talking to some people in our audience who come from that situation and I'm sorry. I'm not you. This is not demeaning by any means. America should be prosperous given what we've done, who we are, but it's being done to us. 
your economic condition for the most part is not your fault. Now, the people who are at fault, there's two groups of credit card spenders, and that's one of the other ways of bringing us down. $1.2 trillion in credit card debt. <laughs> that's going to collapse a lot of banks. I'll get to that in a minute. But you people who have credit cards, some of you are using it just to pay for necessities like food. I get that. I understand it. It's not a pleasant place to be. And my heart goes out to you. And I say prayers for people in that situation. The other part is, well, we got enough to get by, but we want some things. And the self-discipline is not there. And America has been a nation conditioned to having things because we've been prosperous. Well, people need to recognize the situation or to make the adjustment. Really, a lot of people would be better off if they cut up their credit cards, but not the people who are surviving. And I don't know what the end game is this because the interest rate on credit cards has gone from 12% just a few years ago to 28.05%. And I've talked about this before on the channel. I said, you know, if you take out a, if you have to take out $10,000 of credit and you're making a $250 payment, you're paying $10,000 of interest on top of your $10,000 balance. If you pay 200, you're about 27,000. It'll take you 13 years to pay it off. A slave to the credit card company. And then we have home real estate also too, because as the economy worsens, interest rates go up, can't buy a car. Cost of cars now is off the charts. Gasoline off the charts. People are going to have to start making decisions on who they're going to pay. Who's first on the list? I remember one time, and I wasn't, I only saw the show, I think, once or twice, and nothing demeaning there. I just never had any interest. But I remember one time I was watching Roseanne, and I think she's funny. I don't dislike her by any means. I just never watched the show. But she had this great idea. Uh, yeah, we're really in trouble at the end of the month. I'll send the water bill to the electric company, electric bill to the water company that'll buy us some time. Well, what a great idea. Today, I don't think it makes a difference. They would still shut your power off, shut your water off. And that day, it might have been a little different. But um, people are making these kinds of choices now. Now, let's talk about the home real estate issue. Defaults with adjustable rate mortgages, plus people not being able to make the payments because, my gosh, they're in over their heads. And uh, they barely got in. They barely qualified. They put 6% down. That's the average. And then all of a sudden, inflation is killing them. Let me tell you, we talk about this every day, and I'm going to keep saying it because I want it ingrained in your head. What Biden says the inflation rate is, and by the way, he insulted you today. He said, you're better off now than you were before I was president. Really? Really? And what universe did that statement come from? <clears throat> but anyway, when we take a look at, at what's going on, we people can't meet their debt obligations because the inflation rate is not 4%. It's not 8%. When you include gas and food, it's between 15 and 16%. By next year, this time, it could be in the 20s. I remember we used to joke about the Carter administration. We called it the 2020 presidency, 20% interest, 20% inflation, and they'd actually hit those lows for a while. Um, we're there. We're just about there right now. But we had oil to rebound from. We don't have oil now. 
there's no diesel. There goes your retail. There goes your empty shelves at the stores. This is why I tell you to get storable food. Diesel is out of sight right now. And when it hits $7 a gallon, that's the drop dead number from what I've learned. Stuff is not going to move in this country. We already see the BDI, the Baltic Dry Index that measures trade around the world. It's crawling. It's absolutely crawling. Mexico is sending us more goods than China. That means we're going to have a shortage of medicines. I could go on and on. Yes, it gets bleak. But residential real estate is going to collapse. In fact, BlackRock is positioned to take care of this. They're putting together little investors thinking people will fall for this. Some people will. Put your 5000 in and maybe with 20 to 100 other people, you can own property and blah, blah, blah. You'll make money and then you'll be able to sell it and then you'll be able to buy your own property. And it's going to work that way. The average house, listen to me carefully. Don't fall for this. The average house right now is 400000 A year ago, it was 300000 It's going to be lower than 300000 by early next year. The bottom's ready to fall out of the market right now because of all the debts coming due. We have corporate restructuring going on right now with uh, refining the loans. Started in October, will peak in December and January. Uh-huh. And then, and then you have people that can't keep up with the inflation, right? We have all the things we've talked about. We are going to see a cataclysm and houses will go down. I don't know how far down it's going to go, but it's going to go below 300,000. So people that get into here, they're going to realize, oh, crap, that's right. Um, I can really make a lot of money here. And then they see down, 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 and they all got to sell and take a loss. And who's there to pick up the crumbs? BlackRock because they want to turn you into a nation of renters. I devoted a whole night to that one night, you may recall. And I'm just reviewing this for you so you know this is a complete collapse of the economy. Uh, what about retail? Retail's in big trouble. People don't have money. Now, here's the deal. People may run up their credit card bills for holiday travel. They may run up their credit card bills to buy the kids' presents. But in January, the reality comes in and there goes the air out of the economy. And that's when everything begins to collapse. And there was a domino that was left standing. That domino was the stock market. But you're not going to believe that when I read you these numbers. This week, Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, sold $88 million of his own stock. Two of his top aides, corporate execs, they sold $11 million each of their own stock. Warren Buffett sold $13 billion of his own stock. Now, he did reinvest five, but he still pumped out $8 billion out of the stock market. That's one guy. Gates did something very similar. Um, Ray Dalio, and he's not the only one. He says the economy is going to go to the pooper so fast after the first of the year, we're going to have to go to three-day work weeks. And part of that is because of AI. As retail and factories and the little manufacturing we got left, they can't afford to pay people. Look at UAW strike. That's just the beginning. Uh, What is it? Uh, Kaiser Permanente is threatening to strike in California. 
their biggest healthcare provider. So they're threatening to strike. It's just going crazy right now. And what we are looking at after the first of the year is a total collapse of the economy. The last domino was the stock market. And when Biden has grabbed all the energy and denied us access to it, we don't have any chance of recovery under this existing system. Now, I have always been in favor of solar. We have solar on our house. We saved a lot. We bypassed doing things to get the solar. We, I I believe wind power is good as a supplement, but the wind has to be blowing. The sun has to be shining. You cannot get a one-for-one trade with that. So can we have electric cars? How well is that working out? You got the UAW that's striking over this. It's not working out. And I'm in favor of electric cars if they were functional and equivalent in price and equivalent utility and convenience. And they're not. It ain't even close. And if you live near saltwater, they're not even safe. That's something that's been well established. So, and and listen, I want electric vehicles to, 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 to prosper. I would make the transition and I would do it willingly with open arms, but it's not feasible. It's not workable. It would be a stupid move on my part. I'm not criticizing anyone who's done it, but look at the results that have come out. So we have no way to rebuild. To rebuild this economy would take energy. Now, I am for Donald Trump. And part of me wants him to become the speaker because he would kick ass and take names. And I'll tell you, Biden might not get convicted in the Senate, but all the dirt would be on the table for everyone to see for the next election if they let an election happen. I don't know if we will or not. We could be in a nuclear war for all I know. But I don't want Donald Trump to be a speaker. I support it in principle. I want him to run for president, not be distracted. We need him there because on day one, Keystone Pipeline would be open. The Alaskan oil leases would be honored. There wouldn't be the BS going on with the Gulf, and we'd re-energize. Simple. Then America has a chance to rebuild. But you live in a consumer economy where everything is shipped. We're too big. We're 3,000 miles wide. We have to have energy. So, yeah, Donald Trump would fix that the same way he did before. And Donald Trump would find a way to rescue China's economy and make it a good partnership between the two nations. I see a lot of positives there. The EU would have to come to terms with who we are, but I'll tell you, the EU doesn't care. Their leadership doesn't care if their people freeze to death and starve to death. The UK government, I talked about this yesterday. Well, we expect as many as 10,000 people could freeze to death this winter in the UK. Okay, jackass, what are you going to do about it? You didn't hear that part, did you? Does that tell you the evil that exists? Look at the image that I have for this piece here. You see kind of a ghoulish, demonic figure hovering over the planet? Well, that's who runs our country. That's who runs all of the EU. These people are horrendous. I've mentioned to you the Germans are already having to cut down logs and trees to heat their homes because they can't use energy anymore. Their nuclear power, gone. 
I thought nuclear power was clean. I'm sorry, I need a scorecard to keep up with these people. But oh, they've taken away the energy there, too. This is unbelievable. By the way, too, if you want to know how bad things are in America, you know, we've had, what, five or six million people come in this year in immigration? Thanks, Eric. We've had five or six million people come in. And if they knew the stat that I'm going to quote you right now, they wouldn't be coming in. America went from the number one nation of economic opportunity and freedom. Number one, both categories. That was 20 years ago. And things weren't that great 20 years ago. Bush was a terrible president. And then we got a worse one in Obama. But still, we were number one, both categories. You know what we are today? Six for economics. 13 for freedom. 13. Happiness level, we're somewhere down in the 20s. We used to be the top five. I don't know why immigrants would want to come here. There's better nations to invade. But see, they're being brought here. We know about the Soros constituents, you know, the the companies he uses to bring here. And he's been a big one. The UN's behind a lot of it. I mean, do you really think these Chinese people crossing our border in California, you think they're really swimming across the Pacific? Do you think the Haitians are swimming across the Gulf to get to Texas? Really? They're being brought here by design. By the way, did you see the lady in Germany today? A year in prison for publicly on the net criticizing uh, some of the migrants for the violence they're committing in Germany. And she's doing a year in prison. Okay, so... We have a complete economic collapse. Let me tell you exactly what's going to happen, and it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. This is the classic problem, reaction, solution, Hegelian dialectic. I'm sure some of you are familiar with that term. Here's the deal. After it's all collapsed, total misery, and the death rate spikes, because that happens on an economic collapse, people starve to death. Disease spreads. Sanitation isn't good. Water is not clean. Stuff is not maintained. Hospitals stop functioning in large numbers. These are the things that accompany where we're headed. People don't realize where we're, oh, the stock market collapsed. Okay, housing. They don't understand there's an impact to people. There's a degradation of the quality of life, and some of these things are life-threatening. And I can't overstate this, and people miss this point. The best class I ever took in college was in the interim session between fall and winter semester. And it was called disaster preparedness. I got to go to Cheyenne Mountain. I got to go to underground facilities in Golden, Colorado. And we got, we were talked to by people from NORAD. It was really cool. It was a real education. I go home and talk to my intelligence uh, working father. And uh, we had some great discussions. He goes, that's a great class you're taking. Yeah, I learned how things were interdependent in that class. And I learned that what gas is happening to gas right now, what Biden is doing with oil, he is eventually killing people with starvation. 
this is one step from murder because food gets shipped to market. And then we're trying to force farmers off their land. That's I didn't even mention that. Carbon capture programs, the 3030, that stuff I've talked about before. Okay, there you go. So when we look at this, lives are going to be lost over this. A lot of lives. I don't know how the violence card is going to play out. You know, I've thought about are there safer places to move my family to? Not really, because my community here was really tight-knit when we started fighting McCain 20 years ago. I still have some of those associations. People know who I am. We could be a neighborhood that could mount a pretty good community policing and defense. But nowhere is guaranteed. And you have to look at your circumstances. If you're in the inner city, you got a problem. you got a big problem. Now, this is all by design. If the powers that be inflict enough pain and they come and say, we've got an answer to your problem. We've converted all these commercial real estate factories that have gone broke and belly up in the commercial real estate buildings. And I've told you this before, like in L.A., they are in the business of right now the process of converting 2.5 unit spaces, residential, from commercial, 2.5 million. It's already happening in Phoenix, San Francisco, New York City. We're going we're to see this, and this is where they get people into the stack and pack cities. So come here. We have food for you. We will forgive all your debts. You know that $20,000 credit card bill you had? It's gone. It's gone. We, all, we have the answer. It's digital currency. And this is where the real nightmare begins because you'll never have privacy. You won't be in control. They'll put a sunset law about your finance, how long your finance can last. They'll penalize you. This is why yesterday, I knew I was going to do this tonight. This is why yesterday I went through and I talked about social credit laws in China. It's going to be as bad or worse here. When the system collapses, people need to eat. People want to be safe. And they'll trade their, you got it, what did Ben Franklin say? Those that would trade liberty for security will get nor deserve neither. And we will learn the hard way. So they want to make us cry uncle loud enough that we will give in to what they'll do. The type of government you're going to have, and I'm going to start breaking this down for you next week. I've gone over the sustainable developmental goals, one, two, and ten. I'm going to hit some more, but the theme that's there consistently is there is no legislative input. There is no citizen voice. There is no Bill of Rights. It's not even communitarian law. You see, we have constitutional law where supposedly our rights are inviolate. You cannot touch them. doesn't matter if uh, Congress wants to change it. They can't change it. Not legally. Freedom of speech, right to bear arms, right? Search and seizure, due process, all those things we know, right to a speedy trial. Yeah, tell that to the J6 defendant still in jail in D.C. and haven't been to court yet. Almost three years. But we're supposed to have laws that protect that. The Europeans don't have that. They, they act like they have freedom of speech, and they do, until the government says it's not in the common interest or the communist interest. We have a constitutional republic. They have communitarian law. There's a big difference 
their rights only exist as long as the leaders say you can have those rights. I wouldn't even describe what we're going to have as communitarian law. What's real clear to me when I read the sustainable development goals, we will be under a crude form of martial law. They talk about, well, global chaos will require a big, and all they got to do is say something's an emergency. And they can really declare these emergency powers. They don't need anyone's permission to enact them. No one can veto them. The Supreme Court can't say that's unconstitutional. A sheriff can't say, well, we're not going to enforce that in our county. That won't matter. These people are going to take total control. And there's a couple of things that they've even said that is disturbing. In Sustainable Development of Goal 1, they talk about the fact that they could take these powers and extend them indefinitely, and they can expand upon them. This is ruled by martial law. So we don't even get communitarian law. We're going to be ruled by martial law. And I'm telling you, go watch the show. Do a search on it. I forget what network is on. It's in reruns. It was a USA Network show called Colony. Watch the first four or five episodes. Do you want to see what high-tech martial law looks like? It's all AI, and it's very deadly. And you need to watch this. And then they have these mass surveillance, and you see the this huge pit where there are literally hundreds of people watching people like you on a television screen. Well, you have seven to ten devices in your home right now that spy on you and report to the NSA. So remember, economic collapse first. That's what we're in the midst of starting right now, followed by governmental reorganization as a fix to the collapse that they started. See, you create the problem, right? You have the reaction, which is the chaos, and then you provide the solution which are 17 sustainable development goals from world government. That's where the path we're on. I will have more details to fill in, but I think this gives you a pretty broad-based view. Someone's saying here, too, about uh, Elon's AI chip will read your mind. Um, I got news for you. At the World Economic Forum, there, and I mentioned this, I think I might have said this last night, so I'm sorry for repeating, but it's come up. There was a Duke professor, a female, and this made the net. Clay Clark came on my TV show and played this clip. And it said, uh, she said, yeah, we have the ability to know what people are thinking. We can actually put it down in words and, and do brain analysis. And they have the ability to affect mental states. They can insert thoughts. I mean, Nick Begich demonstrated that in 1997 to the European Union, and they passed a law against ever doing it like that's going to matter. But uh, was he demonstrated from subliminal. And he was playing a message saying, I want to kill myself. And people were thinking this. I'm being very serious. And then it was other acts of violence thing. And he said, of course, no one wants to act on this, but this is what can be done. It freaked those people out in 97. Today, they embrace it. This technology is already here. And you don't need an implantable chip as being indicated here to get this. But do I think we'll have an implantable chip? Yeah. Rather than watch the Europe, uh, the uh, World Economic Forum, I've read the Bible. One of two places. It's where it's going to go. 
I don't know what you mean about YouTube's fudging on the sharing. Um, you're not supposed to have a commercial right now. Sorry. That's not my doing. Okay. Commercials come in when they come in. We don't do any programming for that. Um, when I do live reads, I do one per, I do the live reads usually in the first minute. Um, and I try to make it applicable to our story because that's how we choose the products that we represent. We think that our audience could use some of these things like gold, like storable food. And so we try to blend it into the story, but we don't do what you're saying here. Um, Would you guys like me to do something on government documents and FEMA camps? I've got everything. Some of you are talking about this out here. I have uh, FM 39.4 in detail. It's disturbing. I talked a lot about it 2013, 2014. Also, too, the use of deadly force in uh, riot formation interdiction. It's a U.S. Army document. If you do, you guys want me to do that? I could. I'd be happy to do that. Um, there's a lot of documents that talk about where we're going. Um, okay. So if you were interrupted by commercials, I'll look into this and I'll ask my friend who knows all about YouTube and I'll see what's what. Um, YouTube's not screwing with me that way. They actually, in terms of handling my channel, they handle it very fairly. I know a lot of you don't get notified. That's the one thing I'd like to correct. But I don't think that they're doing that intentionally. Um, okay, I will. I'll put something together on this. Um, let me leave you with something positive. The one thing that we know, is we may have some dark days, but at the end of the day, if you're a believing Christian you will be victorious by those that so abuse the world who don't repent will be thrown into the lake of fire. I don't think I'm supposed to get pleasure out of that. I don't think that's very Christian-like of me. But I have to admit there's a kind of a perverse pleasure there because some of these people have brought so much pain to the world that they need to be held in account. By the way, if you haven't seen it, I gave an update this morning on Lahaina, it's a really, really big update. Uh, these people are being turned into homeless creatures now. And um, Samantha Starkey is, is uh, leaving for there, and she's doing her part, and I'm helping her fundraise. And so I'd say give whatever you can. I know times are tough, but give what you can because um, we, we'd like to raise enough money that people pay off their mortgages. I don't know if we're going to get there. But uh, there are people that are just being cut loose right now. The Red Cross has told the uh, uh, condo people who are housing uh, survivors that they have nowhere to go. In fact, if you go on some of the shorts on YouTube now, I saw this today. There were two people I saw that were at a public meeting saying, where am I supposed to go? I have no job. Everything's been taken away from me. No fault of my own. Tell me what I'm supposed to do. Your three minutes are up. That's your standard answer at a public meeting. So I would check that out. I really updated people on the Lahaina situation. So you want to go there and take a look at that. Okay. Annie Oakley, thank you. <laughs> yes, I've known you for 10 years. That's true. I would swear it was longer. 
anyway, ladies and gentlemen, um, God bless all of you for coming here on a Friday. I appreciate you spending your Friday here, but we need to go out and change the world. Twelve disciples changed the world, did they not? Carrying the doctrine of Jesus. They changed the world. We got a lot more than 12. We can take these problems on too, but first we got to raise awareness. That's our first step. And we got to convince people that they're, you can't sit this out. We need all hands on deck. The reason they're rushing so fast is because they know we're waking up as a people. And it's across the planet. We need to accelerate that because we might be able to stop it in its tracks right there. But also prayer is our best weapon. And be smart with your money. And I really do believe you need to have everything you can out of the bank. You need to be in diverse applications like precious metals and so forth. I I firmly believe that. You better have storable food and you better hide both and you better hide your guns. Your registered guns, they're going to come and take them one day if they get their way. But you can also take the ones that aren't registered, seal them, and bury them. And if you're more than 12 inches deep, you're probably okay. So you're going to need to really prep. You really are. And and that's really the first steps we should be taking. I think we'll have more strategies as we see how this is going to unfold. But I don't see Biden coming to the rescue, do you? He's killed the economy. He's killed energy. Soon nothing will be shipping. There won't be any food in the stores. I'm being very, I mean, this is just predictable. This isn't doomsday prediction. This is just logical. If people can't afford to ship, well, how's the food going to get to market? So I would say go to Daisy Luther, learn from the organic prepper herself. She's awesome. How to do inside gardening, inside your place, cold weather climate. Then she has a great idea, pseudonym, rent a rental space, you know, one of those storage places. And put there that you don't want searched and found at your home. And I don't mean the illegal stuff. Stuff the other side doesn't want you to have because it spells independence. They want to collapse this system so you are dependent on them. So anything that you will remain independent of. I'll tell you a quick story here. I had a basketball player. Um, Big man. 6'7", 250. And a beast. Nicest kid you'd ever want to meet, though. And we were like this. Well, he kind of knew what I did when I started getting abused by McCain. And uh, he knew I got on the radio. Kid, He didn't really pay attention. We just had a relationship through our basketball years together. So he goes back to his home state, Tennessee. And one day I get this call. Now, he's already graduated. He's got an advanced degree. Okay, now He's now a dad. And he was off work. His wife was at work and he was home watching his, his, his toddler son. And this, he goes to the door, three guys in suits and a black suburban parked on his lawn. What a bunch of turds. Seriously, from FEMA, they had a black suburban. They didn't park it in the driveway. They didn't park it in the street. They parked it on his lawn to intimidate him. This is a man that didn't intimidate. <laughs> he was, and I think he probably benched about 400 pounds. So he answers the door, uh, we need to come in and look at your food. He says, who the hell are you? He says, you ain't coming in here. Do you have a warrant? Are you the police? And he said, we're FEMA. He goes, well, I got to see some idea. He didn't know what FEMA was. 
And then one guy pulled back his jacket, he said, and showed him the gun. And he said, well, I acquiesced, had the kid here. I didn't want that kind of trouble. So they went in and um, they didn't go to the kitchen. They went to his pantry. And he says, well, hey, the kitchen's over here. You want to see the food? What are you guys here for? Oh, no, no. We want to see what's in your pantry. And they took notes on what was there. And then after we aired this on the show, he actually came on my show. And we aired this on my show. Um, we started getting people in the southeast. It was all in the southeast. It was like Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi. And people were calling and says, yeah, that happened to me too. Um, folks, you know what they were doing? They were taking an average inventory of what people had. They were sizing up what they were going to have to do to make you helpless. That's what they were doing. Well, anyway, I got to go eat the food while I have it and go to the gym and work off the food I'm going to eat. Thank you for coming here. Be a missionary for the truth, please. Please. Please educate people. Please share this far and wide. And I'll see you back here tomorrow.